Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to this Leadership Lessons Shorty podcast. Now, I've definitely stolen this idea from a business partner of mine, Rob Lawrence, and his podcast, Inspirational Creatives. Rob does this really nice thing where, after his main episode, he produces a short episode to go through some of the key highlights and learnings that he took from the podcast. So, innovate before you invent. I'm going to do the same thing. My objective with this shorty podcast is to demonstrate the connection between great leadership and the responsibility of content creators. Over the last 15 years, I've seen a strong link between great leadership traits and the success of content creators. So I'm going to share with you in this episode my key moments from the episode that went out last week. Let me know what you think. Hopefully this helps people that are short on time or people that just want a condensed version or maybe you just want to hear my impressions from the podcast. I'd love to hear your impression of these shorty episodes and whether they offer any value or insights to yourself. So let's get into it. In today's episode, we are talking about podcaster and coach Rob Lawrence. Now, Rob found success in his early IT career, but then hit a moment where he thought, now what? What do we do next? And that inspired him to become a coach to help others redefine their lives. And while Rob was training to be a coach, he fell in love with podcasts, being able to listen to other people's experiences and understand their journeys, which in turn has helped to launch his own podcast, Inspirational Creatives. Inspirational Creatives was launched in 2014, and Rob started it for his wife. He wanted to understand how creatives can make money doing what they love. And in turn, Rob found his new vocation. He ended up starting a podcast production company and coaching others to create inspiring content. And a little bit of transparency here. I have actually been working with Rob since 2017. I've been helping Rob produce and edit podcasts for other coaches and other inspirational creatives. Now, I expected Rob to have loads of leadership traits. I expected this to be jam-packed, full of absolute gold nuggets. But what I didn't expect was how much Rob put people first in everything he does. But before we get into that, as always, I wanted to start by asking Rob, what do you think makes a good leader? Perhaps goes without saying, but I think that all leaders are visionary. I think leaders sometimes forget that they're role models. So there's a degree of responsibility that comes with that in my mind. Creating a podcast, I didn't realize this at the time, but I quickly learned comes with responsibility. The moment you put your name out there and some content out there, people start regarding you as an expert. And whilst it might give you credibility, it also comes with responsibility because you've got to be careful about how you curate and what you're saying and you've got to be able to stand behind what it is that you, you put out there. So I think that the role model piece is, is well worth keeping in mind. And, and so you have to kind of check in on yourself and use trusted sources to also help you keep you in check in terms of, am I setting the right example here for, for what I believe in? I think they listen, and I don't see many podcasters do that. And I think that's, they're, they're missing a trick there. I think the more you can like reach out, I think the, the set and forget of just publishing content and then not following up on any engagement is a, is a massively missed opportunity because podcast is a, a beginning of a conversation. 
And we see these three themes running through everything that Rob has done. He has been visionary. He's got to the point in his own career where he realized, actually, I'm responsible for myself and others moving forward. And he wanted to behave in a way that was responsible and leading by example. And his ability to listen and to understand is fundamental to Rob becoming the great coach that he is. And Rob discovered this while he was in his managerial roles during his IT career. So I thought, I want to be the person on the other side of the fence, helping them redefine their lives and find a new career, if that's the situation they're faced with. And one of the things I loved about being a manager was helping people to achieve their sort of own goals and aspirations, even though those might have not been words I used at the time. And he developed this further while he was training. In order to be a good coach, you have to do a tremendous amount of introspection. And you have to be walking the talk. So it's all well and good helping people to achieve their own goals, but you've got to be looking at your own life and going, right, what do I want to achieve and how am I going to start doing that? And I've said this before on the podcast, it's often about putting your mask on first before you help others. And I think this is true for leadership in content creation and in the workplace. You need to know where you want to go and you can inspire others with your own ambition and goals. So you would think that Rob started a podcast immediately, as soon as he was qualified as a coach, to lead by example and inspire others. But he didn't. He didn't start until 2014. And I asked him what stopped him starting his podcast. Bit of imposter syndrome, probably. Um, I didn't see myself as a... Well, I think there's a mindset thing going on here. I didn't see myself as a personality or as a celebrity. or And there was a bit of, who am I to like put out a podcast... Plus, if I'm frankly honest with you, Matt, I think there was a commitment phobia thing as well. It's like, if I do this and it works out, then I'm going to have to go in that direction and that's not part of my plan. One of the biggest stopping points for people with content creation, podcasting and moving into leadership is imposter syndrome. What if I'm not good enough? Who am I to do this? I am not some celebrity, some host, some gregarious, outgoing presenter. This isn't me. And Rob also had this predefined notion that being a content creator or podcaster wasn't in his plan. It wasn't part of his journey. So what happened? What changed? Because Rob did launch the podcast and it did very well. Part of life is discovering who we are. And I think without getting sort of too deep into this, I think one of the things we have to do is keep challenging who we believe we are. You know, because I think often our biggest obstacles to success is having this fixed idea of who we should be versus actually going, well, if I forget about who I think I am and then look at the opportunities in front of me, it can sometimes be quite a different picture to who we think we are, if you see what I mean, or who I think I should be. I realized that if I got out my own way, actually, this isn't about me. This is about getting the right information to the right people. I'm just a conduit. So ego aside, forget about me, all of a sudden, I'm a facilitator, but I'm also an obstacle. So I'd need to kind of get out of that and just get into facilitator mode. What do I need to do? What part of this equation am I, do I need to make happen for it to happen? And that is such a key leadership trait. Having the introspection to look at what you need to be doing, what you think you should be doing, and what other people expect of you. And from there, you can determine what success looks like for you as a podcaster and a leader. So what were Rob's measurements for success for his podcast? My measure of success was to actually see it have an impact on people's lives. So I think what was really important for me at the time 
was making sure there was some kind of feedback loop so I could understand how my podcast fitted into other people's lives and how the wisdom of the people that I was featuring was changing their lives in some shape or form. And those are two key measures of success, engagement and impact. But both of these things are quite hard to measure. But Rob had already thought about this. He had two methods of engaging with his audience and understanding what impact he was having on their lives. One, I always think of podcasts as the beginning of a conversation, and it's based on that experience. So I I talk about that a lot these days, which is like a podcast is the beginning of a conversation. It's not one-way broadcast only. If you set it up in the right way and you take the right mindset to a podcast, you can set it up in a way that you put an idea out there or a collection of ideas out there, and then it says, engage with me, come and talk to me about this. Let's have a conversation. Let's Let's keep the conversation going about this thing we both care about. That's one of the great things that a podcast can offer you in a very powerful way. The other thing was I was doing something I didn't see other people doing, or if they were, there weren't many of them doing it, which was to interview listeners. So when I when I had a bit more of rapport and I got to a point where I'd got a lot of depth with a listener online, I'd be like, do you mind if we jump on a Skype call and I'll record it if you don't mind, just for my own research purposes. I would love to ask you some questions about how my podcast fits into your life, what you've gained from it, what your challenges are at the moment and what's going on in your life so I can understand which guests to bring in, which problems to try and solve through my own network to help folks like you because chances are you're representative of maybe another 100 listeners out there. And that was a really meaningful and insightful process. And it's one I've promised myself I'd do again, but I haven't done yet. And I interviewed a handful of listeners, and that's all I needed. I was so surprised. Even three or four interviews in, I was like, wow, I had no idea that my podcast was having this amount of impact and that these people felt that way about the content I was creating. And I had those conversations transcribed and yeah, just it it, it informed everything. So I would recommend that to any podcaster, try and get to that level of engagement, care about your audience that much that you want to have a meaningful, insightful conversation with them, because what you'll find is they will teach you what you need to know in terms of where to take it next, what your marketing should say, Maybe how if you're thinking about changing or creating the branding for your next podcast, it will help inform all of that, so et cetera, et cetera. And that's the power of podcasting. Starting that dialogue, getting people to listen to the podcast and then join you on Twitter or whatever platform you want to discuss the matter further. And that creates incredible engagement. And that's what you want. That's why people are listening. They want to be part of your production. And once Rob had developed those really strong relationships with his listeners, he was able to ask them for a favour. Just a handful of listeners, would you please join me on my podcast to answer some questions? He could directly see and hear the impact he was having on others' lives and it informed all of his decisions going forward with his podcasting. Most interestingly, it informed him to reduce his content creation. I mean, I was publishing twice weekly anyway. And actually, just off the back of one of those interviews, one of the things I realized is that people couldn't keep up with the content. And that was the first time I took a break. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. So I I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't asked the question or asked a question that led to that answer. And I think this is great leadership. Listening to what the people want, 
gathering data and making informed decisions. And at the end of the day, this is what made Rob's podcast a success. He had great contributors. He made a great effort in listening to the audience and getting engagement after every episode. But in its heyday, Rob was spending well over two and a half days producing his podcast. We discussed how much time Rob put into his podcast and why he chose to do all of the editing himself. It's as much to have the joy of actually listening to the conversation back and curating that conversation in a way that I know is going to be good for my my listener. Because when you're recording, your mind's on the job of recording. You've got to be listening and thinking about the next question and looking at the tech. Yeah, no, I'm a little I'm a little bit perverse in the sense that I want to listen to my own material again and I want to edit it the way I want to edit it. But I'm definitely at a point now where anything other than inspirational creators, I'm quite happy to farm it off to another editor. And the joy I have is that they do it their own way. And I'm always pleased with that result because it's, it's, it's not the way I would have done it. And I like the way that they've done it because it's just uh, it's somebody else's subjective approach to it. And I always enjoy those results. So I wouldn't recommend the approach of doing it yourself to anyone, actually, really. And even my own recordings, I really enjoy other people editing them because, again, they can hear, they hear it in a different way that I hear it. And I think that's a great attitude to have. By using other people's perspectives and their viewpoints means that there's an infinite amount of content and topic ideas you can be discussing. As long as they're framed from an interesting viewpoint or sharing an idea in a different style. So I think that's the ultimate aim for curation in my mind is, is, is that we live in a knowledge world and I think the, the opportunities, we're all creative and I think the opportunity that we all have is that we have our own unique perspectives which may not be valid or useful to some people but there's going to be a lot of people out there that are really going to appreciate it and they like the way that you see the world. There are certain authors and podcasters I follow because I like the way they see the world. And I'm always curious as to pick a topic, you know, property, money, time management, whatever it may be. I want to hear their version of that subject because I like the way they see the world. So I think the responsibility of a curator is to kind of blend together information from a variety of different sources in a way that presents possibly the same information that exists freely out there in the world, but present it in a way that's new and interesting. So how did Rob do this for his podcast? 300 episodes, hundreds of guests. How did Rob keep his show fresh, interesting, and not have the same viewpoints come up time and time again? I, I did do my research. You know, I, if the guests had been on a previous podcast, I'd make a point of at least listening to some of a previous podcast to get a sense of their style and their flow and what they had to say. It wasn't just a podcast for a podcast's sake. This was like, I want to change people's lives here for the better. I want to make an impact. And this is my time that's going into this. And I don't want to get a, a reverse return on that investment by putting something rubbish out there where, you know, it's not good for anybody. I didn't learn anything. You know, people will lose interest and I wasted the guests' time too. So what's the point of that? So I think you have to be a little bit strategic about this stuff. And it hits home again, Rob demonstrating those three key leadership traits that he said at the beginning of the podcast, visionary, responsible, leading by example, and listening to his audience. So I asked Rob, the digital leader that he is, what advice would you give someone starting out on their podcasting journey? 
to get out of my own way. Mm. Just put my own ideas aside. And I think the moment you can truly do that, and it takes a bit of practice because you re- you think you've put your ideas aside and you realize there are other ideas in your way and then other ideas in your way. So you have to, kind of, there's multiple layers. But I think if you can kind of practice that on a regular basis, so you make sure that you're getting out of your own way, that absolutely, I, I, I would almost pin it down to that, Matt. If I, whatever I can do to get out of my own way, you know, I recognize there are parts of this process where I'm vitally important but they're few and far between. It's not all the way through it. I shouldn't be the running thread through it. And and I think that's sometimes how we always feel. We've got to do everything and we've got to micromanage. But actually, if I just focus on the bits that only I can do that nobody else could do, and that might be the curation piece, for example, or asking the questions, because pretty much everything else could be done by somebody else, then all of a sudden the game changes. You've got leverage in terms of time, capacity, ability, and you've also got the joy of having others work with you and then those people themselves playing to their strengths. And that's such a key message to get home. Being able to delegate and enjoy other people's creativity, skill set and talent. And I'd like to wrap up the shows with sharing what three values Rob would want to be known for through his content. Just to see if we can see if that theme runs through everything he said today. Now, Rob's three values were professional, generous and innovative, which I can wholeheartedly agree with. He's very professional about what he does. He takes into consideration his listener and what their experience is and what impact he is having on their lives. And when it was at his heyday, he was investing well over two and a half days into every episode. Very generous indeed with his time. And innovative, he was getting out there and speaking directly to his listeners. He was interviewing them, asking them what they needed and how he could help them better. I don't know many other podcasts that are doing that directly to their listeners. So take that as a great piece of advice. I really enjoyed talking to Rob about this. He is a great coach and it comes through in this interview in spades. He's very patient He's very interested and he's very passionate about delivering the best possible experience for those around him and himself. I've taken heaps from this podcast. I hope you have too. And that is it for this Shorty Leadership Lesson episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, please let me know. Give me a DM on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Uh, If you didn't enjoy it, let me know on Instagram, cult.media, K-U-L-T dot media. Thanks for listening and be good.